That goes high over the head of Big Ben, all the way back to the two, to the one, and the Browns have it in the end zone, and they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown! Not a bad start. It's the gleam, man. There's a gleam. Those are going deep. Has a man open. It's caught. It's Mayfield's got the snap, looks right, throws right, end zone, touchdown! Anybody it's the same old Browns, you. It's not the same old Browns. This is different. Welcome in. This is not the same old Browns podcast. I am your host, Andy Lytle, and this is episode two. Holy hell, we're we out here, people. We are out here. Um, first off, I just want to shout out everyone, all the Browns fans and all the Browns fans listeners. Uh, thanks for making the first episode um, pretty special. Um, all the feedback that I've received has been great. And again, if you have any negative feedback, bring that too, because all feedback is good feedback. Um, but man, Browns fans, y'all are psychos like me and I love it. So uh, appreciate y'all tuning in, uh, far exceeded my expectations as far as feedback and everything goes. Um, thanks again to Stephen Thomas for joining me for episode one. Um, as of today, as we're recording this on St. Patrick's day, hope everyone had a safe St. Patty's day. Um, the podcast is now available on I- Apple podcast, iTunes and overcast. So uh, I know I had a few people on Twitter asking, when was it going to be on Apple Podcasts? Well, it finally is. Apple Podcasts, when you start a new podcast, Apple Podcasts usually takes about seven to 10 days after every other platform is uploaded to. So, but is it, it is now on Apple Podcasts. So I appreciate you guys. Um, we actually, shit, we got actually got a freaking review in the first day. I don't know how that's possible, but I guess, you know, word travels fast. But shout out to, McKen88 says, go Browns. I'm so excited and happy for Andy for starting a Browns podcast. He does an amazing job with his other podcast, Dead in Santa Carla. And I can't wait to listen to every episode on his takes on the Browns. Dude, McKen, thank you, dude. Appreciate that, man. Um, But yeah, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you enjoy the show, it is now there. Uh, Leave a five-star review if you are enjoying it. If you're not enjoying it, just just keep scrolling, man. We don't, it's all good. Don't don't worry about that. But anyway. We are not alone today, as always. Every week, we're going to have guests, and today is no exception. We got a nice little round table of of Browns Twitter faces here to give a little bit of Browns free agent reaction. Um, First off, we've got Caitlin Marshall, better known as Caitlin Knows Clee. Uh, She is the host of Crunch Time with Caitlin. Caitlin, what's going on, friend? What's up? How's it going there, homie? It's going good. And then we got... The never negative, always positive Jay. You might know Jay as a RBSer on the really big show on ESPN Cleveland 850, WKNR. See, I got those call letters down. Y'all hear that? They need to hire me. It's pretty good. That wasn't bad, Jay. Jay, thanks for coming on, bud. Oh, thanks for having me. It's great to be on and awesome honor to be with Caitlin. She's one of the Twitter goats and just recently <laughs> met Bob. So perfect. Oh, no, baby. That's a segue to uh, my friend and everyone's friend bob evans uh formerly writer of the obr and multiple other outlets bob what's going on bud 
Hey, Andy, thanks for having me on. Jay, good to officially meet you. Kate, I know we've interacted somewhere on Twitter before, and maybe even on one of Andy's uh, draft recap shows uh, that yeah. he did back in the day. Yeah. yeah, I think we were on the last uh, last year. Yeah, last year. That was a hell of, that was hella fun, by the way. That was a lot of fun. We, Alex Hale and I did a uh, draft, kind of co-hosted a draft, Browns draft show on the day of the night of the draft. That was a shit ton of fun. Um, but uh, so I got these three amazing people here. Uh, pretty much guys, we're just going to give you some reactions, uh, to what the Browns have done so far in free agency, uh, what we think they could do and who we want them to target with the rest of free agency. So Browns guys, they made, I was, when I messaged you guys about which day we were going to record, um, I, I pretty much settled on Wednesday because I was pretty confident that Andrew Barry was going to come out aggressive and get at least one aggressive player, one make one aggressive move. And he did that with uh, John Johnson, the third uh, Kay, we'll start with you, man. John Johnson, the third, what you think about that signing? Hey, I'll tell hey, you, Andy, I know Andy. I yeah. Know well, we got, we got agent. breaking news. You, we got breaking news. So what? I know you said you're an agent of chaos and you love it. Yes. Sorry, Kate, but Everybody's favorite, Mr. Hollywood Higgins, is returning to the Browns on a one-year deal, according to Jake Trotter. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so we, breaking. We, breaking, breaking news, news on, on – well, this is why it's not the same old Browns <laughs> podcast. Breaking. breaking news, dude. That's – you know what's funny? I was I was thinking that – goosebumps, man. Just, <laughs> let's go. I was thinking that before we started, uh, you know – it's possible that they could sign someone. Well, Hollywood's back. Shit, let's start with there. Okay, Hollywood. We'll get to John Johnson the third here in a second. Hollywood's back. I I'm a little surprised because Steven and I were talking about last week. It didn't look like he was going to be back. No, I mean, looking at the wide receiver room, he he almost, like, doesn't fit. You know, he he's not one of those speed demons that really the Browns need. Um and when you have like Donovan Peoples-Jones, it, it seems like Higgins and Jarvis Landry are kind of the same type of player where they're good, they're reliable pass catchers, but if you, you know, need that deep threat, I don't know, it's just kind of tough to, um, you know, to kind of target Higgins in those areas. Yeah. But, you know, to get Baker's security blanket uh, back on a one-year deal, uh, um, one year deal, two point three eight million all. Oh guaranteed. my god, two point three. Oh my god, two point three eight million. So that's uh, yeah, that's a bargain to bring back Hollywood. I think. I mean, I was thinking he was going to get like six, eight million from some team. Yeah, I thought the minimum five. Yeah, yeah, the minimum. Yeah, wow. I, I, I thought that if a team offered him, like, I don't know, a three year deal worth twenty one million dollars close to 15 guaranteed or whatever he'd take that instead of returning to cleveland but a one-year he deal. loves it here yeah he does love it here man yeah, and yeah uh, man i'll slide it over to you now jay because i was just about to say i would not be shocked if he took less money to stay a die right right <laughs> I mean, is this an alternate reality? First off, like people are taking less to go with the Browns. Like, what the fuck? What's going on? Is this the multiverse starting? Like, am I in this movie? Like, what's happening here? This is awesome. If it so, is. just leave me here. I'm good. I don't want to go back to the real world. It is an incredible yeah, feeling. It's an incredible feeling. You're I right, love Hollywood you're, man. Me too, dude. I've I've had hot takes. I've said 
I think he's not that far off from – he's very similar to Michael Thomas. He's not as big, not quite as fast, but he adjusts his body and he makes every catch. Those sideline yeah. catches, he knows how to adjust his body. And he yeah. has heart. Heart is so important to me in, as a wide receiver, man. You got to go over the middle and you got to sell out. And he does it all the time for us. He's huge, man. This is a big signing, I think. If Odell comes back healthy. You can take the top off. He's your he's your Joe Juravicious, your third down guy. I'm Bob. Reaction to Hollywood coming back, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it, obviously. Um, well, before I got rid of my Twitter account and then brought it back, everybody knew that I was, I've always been a big fan of Hollywood dating back to his college days. Um, I, what I think he brings to this Browns group uh, is he shows them somebody who's not afraid to work for it. I mean, you know, he was drafted in yeah. the fifth round. Fifth round, waved, came back, worked his way up, has developed that chemistry with Baker. But more importantly than anything, I feel like he is, and unfortunately we just lost this guy in free agency, he's like the Terrence Mitchell of the Browns wide receiver group. He, he, yeah. he can play he can play multiple roles within it. Yeah, he's not that burner over the top like Donovan Peoples-Jones or like Odell, but Odell goes down. When most teams lose their wide receiver one, that's like falling apart. Yeah. And Hollywood stepped right in. Yes, he's not running the same routes, but that security blanket, and he allowed Baker to work through progressions because he always knew that he had that security blanket. So I really love it coming back at $2.83 million. <laughs> I, that's, that's, an, that's an utter steal. I mean, Man. I've been talking about it for a little bit. I thought, again, just like Kate, I, I thought he was going to be in that five to six million dollar range over three four years you know three or four years i mean hell kendrick Bourne just got three years 22.5 million right and aside from being a speed guy like higgins does so much better than Bourne. and albert wilson got like you know what was it like 25 mil a couple of years ago from the uh dolphins so i love it i'm happy to have him back at 2.8 uh, 2.38 mil so that's a great move by the browns i i'm convinced he had to have had more money out there well, it, it, obviously someone wasn't i mean you would think, you would think that but someone the, offered him a two, three-year deal. You would think. The market for wide receivers is also not great right now. I mean, we it's see not. Kenny Galladay getting offered a one-year deal. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Who? What are the Bengals smoking? I'm okay. Look, look, man. I know Galladay's had some injury troubles, but the talent is there. A, a prove it deal. I saw Albert Breer tweet something that they were trying to. They offered him a prove it deal. What? Prove what? That he can take yeah, a shitty contract? Yeah, I don't. Anyway, I don't. Sorry. Really know. Go ahead. But Higg- but also Higgins being twenty six years old, he'll be twenty seven in October. Um, I mean that's a huge factor. He could come in next or you know enter free agency next year, have basically two seasons of, you know, reliable stats to you know hit the market again. Wow. And, you know, I think it's just one of those things where it obviously makes sense for him. It makes sense for the Browns. Makes hella sense for the Browns. I think our success is going to get him a lot of money. That next year free agency, Kate, is such an amazing point because if you look at a lot of these deals that are coming out, right, when they're when they're actually showing the breakdown, a lot of these players are taking smaller amounts yeah. in year one in the 2021 deal, and then their contracts go up a lot next year and the year after because of the expected TV money being brought in. So a guy like Hollywood, yeah. he's going back to a system he knows. He's going back to a system he flourishes in. And there may be a couple of options out there, right? I mean, I'm not going down the whole Jarvis-Odell contract yeah. rabbit hole right now. Yeah. But just saying, you know, it could have been, hey, listen, this is what we could do for you this year. We've got some other things to figure out in this room. You could be in line for a long-term option next year if you True. keep doing what you're doing with us or somewhere else. So, right. no, great. I love that point so much, Kate. Fuck. Well, I am – geez. 
breaking news here on not the same old Browns podcast. That was awesome. I had a feeling that could happen. Um, well, but yeah, excited now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> man, they're just ruining my house because after this, I'm gonna run through a wall. Now I got another project to do. Jeez, just don't be one of the, like those people that I see that are kicking and throwing TVs. I, that always is mind-boggling to me. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> Dude. The one guy, the, the Pittsburgh fan that blew up and it, like and put a ladder through his TV or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, it's good time. Video, I could watch that every day. Just wake up and just starts my day off. Perfectly. Yeah, yeah. I've been swimming in those tears daily ever since that game. It tastes quite delicious. <laughs> it they, they do. The water the water feels glorious. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, that's that's awesome. Hollywood is back. Uh I mean, I still think there's a chance they take a wide receiver maybe in the middle, middle of the draft, possibly. But man, now that they I don't know, we'll see. We'll see what else they do with that room. But I mean, you're pretty much set. I mean, Hodge is your fifth guy right now. But he's a free agent too. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you're right. I thought that. Wait, didn't they read something that he brought him? Wait, no. Is he they still? Tendered they, t- they tendered, they tendered him. him. Yes, yeah. that's what I saw. Okay, but yeah. that a, can be rescinded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, a, I still a, think I still think they take a receiver in like the third or fourth round. We'll see. I, I think in the middle rounds, it's still possible. Like on day two, day three, day three, probably. I'm thinking. I'm hearing that there's going to be a lot of good talent those middle yeah. rounds for wide yeah, receivers. It's, it's loaded. It's loaded. It's all I've read. Well, shit, man. Well, let's go on to my original question here. Bob, we'll start with you actually on this one. Uh, John Johnson, the third, uh, all the, a lot of national experts love this selection. I think PFF as of this morning had it, their favorite signing so far at pro football focus, uh, kids, kids, a baller, uh, very versatile, uh, can play too high, can play in the back. He can even come up. He's really good at stopping the run. Um, very excited. They went out and got the best safety on the market. Bob, your reaction to uh, Andrew Barry going out and get John Johnson the third? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you basically said it right there. I mean, versatile, intelligent. He's a leader for the back end. He can basically quarterback the back end of the defense. Um, you know, Woods wants to run with multiple safeties. Uh, and one thing that I love about Johnson, and people were sharing clips of it on Twitter, but he is a and able to cover any and every tight end in this league. And with the way that the game is going, and especially you look at, you know, you look at the AFC East right there, you got Mark Andrews twice, twice a year already. You, if you want, you know, the, your road to the Super Bowl is probably going through Kansas city. So you got Travis Kelsey, you got new England, bringing over two tight ends. You know, you have all these teams are loading up on these next level tight ends. And I mean, let's be honest, our linebackers couldn't cover a running back or a tight end last year. So, you know, having a guy like him that you can basically say, Hey, there's Travis Kelsey. Hey, there's Mark Andrews. That's your assignment. Good. Great. I mean, this guy, and it's a steal. I mean, that three-year deal for a 25 year old, most of those guys at 25 are looking to cash in and do that big five-year deal with the big money guarantee. They it's one of those rare things where you say, this is amazing and perfect for both sides because he gets to hit the market again, or it leaves room for an extension after year two. Yeah. And it's to kind of piggyback off that, uh, what Jay said earlier about players taking discounts for Cleveland. He's another one because John Johnson, the third's agent confirmed that he took less money to sign with the Browns. What fucking dimension are we living in when the top leave me there? (laughs) A A free agent. Who's the top, player at his position on the market get went to the Browns for less money that just man that that makes me 
very I mean that that going kind to of the Browns because they want to win. It's insanity. It's ins- I can't awesome. believe we're here, guys. It, it's it's wild, wild stuff. Um, Kay, thoughts on uh, John Johnson the third? Well, anytime you upgrade a safety room from twenty three, who is the worst safety I've ever seen in the history <laughs> of football, and um, Sheldrick Rudwine, who's just not good, to what Pro Football Focus had him as the third best safety in the league yeah. last year, yeah. and I think more importantly, like you guys just said, he's only the eighth, seventh or eighth highest paid safety in the league right now. Yeah. A so bargain. you get a bargain, a bargain, another bargain, number one. And you just add one of the best players on, you know, in the league. Yeah. I mean, he, he, I mean, he was a captain of the Rams defense, the best defense in the league. Yeah. He was the play caller for that defense. Like these are, these are the fucking boss. He really is. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. <laughs> He is. Jay, go ahead, man. Follow up with something, man. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I even knew who he really was. I remember the interception <laughs> on Baker. Right. But, like, I'm not trying to win couch GM of the year or anything. Sure, so. sure. He's such a good fit from what I hear. And, man, what a, what a deal. Like, yeah, this that's safety the thing. Room, if Delvin comes back and he's healthy, like, even give him – 85%. That's a thousand times better than two, three. Yeah. But, because in episode, in the first episode we did, Stephen Thomas and I, we, we actually talked about Johnson for a good hot minute and the thought of bringing him in. I mean, that's why I, I think a lot of Browns fans are, and it's not their fault. The game, uh, Stephen and I talked about this. The game has changed a lot. Um, linebackers, depending on what kind of scheme you run in most, most teams nowadays, linebackers just, you, you don't need four, three or four great linebackers anymore. You, you really don't. I would like to have one really good one though. I, I would too. I would too. I'm not, it's not that they're not worth, but the, but what I'm getting at here is. I won't get into Caitlin. <laughs> in this scheme. A linebacker I know she don't like too much. <laughs> in Joe Wood's scheme. I, I mean, you're once Delpa is a full go and he's back to contributing. And, and also, as I said last week, guys, lower your expectations on, on Delpa, just, just to be fair to the kid, um, mm. to expect him to be coming out, balling out all in sync in week one is just, in my opinion, that's just very unrealistic and quite frankly, unfair to the kid. So, but that's once he the signing, it takes a lot of pressure off of him. Absolutely. Have to be the man, like, I had so much of the high hopes for him. Like when he got hurt. Oh, I do too. I my heart. I love Grant Delpit, but the once he does come back and he's he's kind of gotten into the groove of things and he's feeling himself. Um, not literally, but you know what I mean. Uh, when he's feeling himself and everything is rolling, I mean you're gonna have Harrison, Delpit, and Johnson on the field the same time, a lot of reps. I mean, Harrison pretty much comes your def- I don't there's gonna be a lot of a lot of lot of downs where Harrison is essentially linebacker too. That's what Joel Woods wants to man, do. Barry, dude. Dude, it, second round. Steal stealing uh, Harrison. Harrison from the Jaguars and yep. then gets John Johnson on the smashing deal. Like like I said, fucking boss. I am I'm geeked. I can't wait till Delpit comes back. Um because 
it, Woods is going to have a lot more toys to play with. Woods is going to be able to execute his defense the way he wants to do it. Uh, Sandejo was put into the spot where he was asking him stuff that they were asking him to do stuff he was not capable of doing, which is which is called for what it is. Good guy, plays his heart out, but what an upgrade, Bob. I mean, it's I mean, just, just dream of that. Delpit, Harrison, and Johnson on the field at the same time. Just dream about that. Don't have to dream about it, right? It's about, yeah. we're about to see it. Uh, it's a reality, baby. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, to inter- can I interject about uh, Grant Delpit? Yeah. I think another key part of the John Johnson signing, and I've said it on my podcast multiple times, but the Browns made a mistake last year putting all of their eggs in the Grant Delpit basket. Yeah. Regardless, he was a rookie. You're a not wrong. And they put all their hopes and dreams in him. And now – Next year, I mean, coming into next year, he's going to be a de facto rookie. He, it's, he's never played it in the NFL. He's only had a week of, you know, training camp yeah. before he got hurt. That's so what I'm saying. So it's going to take him 10 to 12 games to get right. And now you have John Johnson and uh, Ronnie Harrison out there until Delpa gets healthy. I mean, he might not be 100% until 2022. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, and it's possible. Go ahead, Jay. Ain't no joke. It takes like a year, they said, to heal. Oh, yeah. It takes like a year to get like comfortable with that <laughs> heel. Like, yeah. That's a hard injury to come back. There's no yeah, doubt. You're totally right. They should have signed a better veteran safety last year. They should have probably gotten another piece for sure at safety. Um, because I think it's like 2020. Ball it is. It is. But you can't, you can't do everything. But yeah. Not completely. No, you can't do everything in one off season too. I think a lot of Browns fans need to realize that too. Um, but the, the kind of piggyback off that, Kay, that's kind of what I was saying last week. Uh, to me, realistic expectations. If Delpit can be back full go in the groove, fully acclimated by somewhere between week eight to week 12, somewhere in there, that's huge and i am completely fine with that because i think that now that's oh, Rittner's drive late. it's real that's realistic expectations right there Have, expecting him to be full go delpit that is week one it's it's, it's just not i mean I, I hope he's ready but they're not gonna throw him to the fire like that man they're not well they got their safety uh they also signed an edge guy um who was one of the most memorable draft selections I can ever remember. Uh, that being uh, Tock McKinley, um, he famously was was drafted. Well, I think it was like 26, 27, somewhere in there. And he uh, came up to the stage with a picture of his grandmother, and then dropped an f bomb on NFL Network with Deion Sanders. Um, very memorable selection. Had a good rookie year and actually had a pretty good second year, and then injuries and issues with the Falcons kind of hit there and kind of derailed his career so far thoughts on the signing of talk McKinley guys anybody who wants to jump in yeah I'll jump in um so it's actually funny you mentioned the draft so that was the year that we took uh Jabril at 25 and then we took and then we traded back in and got Njoku Tack was the Tack or Tack however you want to say his name that's actually the guy I wanted when they took Peppers um I really loved at UCLA how he was at, at getting after the quarterback always seemed to be around the quarterback and around the ball in the backfield, like hitting the quarterback, pressuring the quarterback. I mean, obviously he has the sack numbers, but just those things that the Browns defense did not do well last year, that they were ranked 
Uh, PFF had them last in quarterback knockdowns and 24th in quarterback pressures. So you, add, so you add a young, hungry guy like that, former yes. first rounder. So it's kind of in that mold of signing Kevin Johnson uh, that they did last year. So that you know, And obviously Johnson, you know, he contributed a little bit. But he did. I, think, I think bringing in a guy who's that low-risk, high-reward, hungry, wants to prove it, one-year deal, try and get paid if he can play well. But I just love the fact that, you know, his athletic profile isn't off the charts. He's really fast, but his athletic numbers um, otherwise aren't the greatest. But I just love that he always seemed to be around the quarterback, hitting him or getting, pre- you know, getting, getting pressure. And that's just something that we needed. Yeah, because I think he had – Sacks isn't all the end-all, be-all. I think Sacks might be one of the most overrated stats out there. But, he, I mean, he did get 13 sacks in his first two years, I believe. I think that's what I read. I don't have it in front of me. But I think you want to say he got six his rookie year and seven in his second year. And then it was year three where, where things kind of start – the shit started to hit the fan for him a bit. But I like the – one thing I can tell you, I mean, it, I, I'm not – I hate to just judge a guy by his – but when he got drafted, but man, he screams someone to me that really wants it and is hungry. And I would think if he was hungry then when he got drafted, I would think he would be even hungrier now after what's transpired in Atlanta. Uh, was was this one of the edge guys that you were hoping that possibly that they'd land or on your long list, Jay, of possible edges that, because edge, I think we all agree. I think a lot of people, secondary obviously is the biggest need, whether that's safety corner, they got the safety. But getting another edge guy on the other side of Garrett, I think was uh, another thing that, you know, another thing of importance that needs to be addressed. I'm hoping Mr. McKinley will fill those shoes, but uh, have you had much chance to read up on uh, Mr. McKinley there, Jay? I can't wait to see his press conferences. <laughs> yes. It's good. Yes. It's good. It is. It's too. You know what good. else it is? It's good. I was like, oh, this is going to be great with, with Grossi. I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Grossi ought to love him. Oh, it's going to be. I didn't see that one coming, honestly, but yeah. I like the low risk, high reward. It's a good and way to word I it. Still think, I think they're going to draft a DN or tackle early so that they're going to interchange with this guy. And if he works out, you resign him. And then you have, I mean, you can't have enough D linemen. Sure. Well, I get, I guess the Browns, they, they, they put in, in the last year alone or a year and a half alone, they've put in like three claims on the guy, something like that. Bob, you yeah, know, born. Him, I do. And, you know, if the boss man likes him, you know, I like him. So. <laughs> <laughs> he, he seems pissed off about for greatness too. Yeah, he does. Okay, McKinley. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, like he's just said, you know, the Browns put a claim on him three or four times just last season. Um, it's wild. It really came down to, you know, it was one week he was waived. The Browns won. The Raiders didn't, and then they flip flop spots. Yeah. And the Raiders were able to uh, pick up him, even though he didn't really even play for them, which is no. whatever. Which was weird. Um, but but what happened there? I tried to read and look up what happened there. I don't know what happened. They picked him up, but he never played a fucking game for him, I don't think. I wonder if they just picked him up. Because they were still in the playoff run, like the run yeah. with us, and they had that win over us. So maybe they were like, we could Stash keep him. him. And st- yeah, and so another team doesn't get him. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I don't think the Browns are done. I, I like the move, like you know. Yeah, 
rotational defensive edge rusher um, probably probably plays a little bit better, a little faster than uh, Adrian Claiborne. Yes. You know, I, I think Claiborne wasn't able to – he had a shoulder injury so he was only yes. really able to rush one side of the uh right one side of the uh, the line so you could kind of move tech a little bit more um but i don't think they're done i think they still go out and i'm sure we'll talk about this in a little bit you know but i mean Clowney's still out there guys like melvin ingram i mean if they want to break the bank for another you know defensive uh, pass rusher um a veteran guy in a one-year deal like i could see that happening yeah i don't know i don't I know they go corner yeah, I, I, yeah. I really yeah, hope they're going corner. Yeah, me too. I'm hearing, me too. You guys hearing something about Gary and Conley? Yeah, he's one. Yeah, yeah. The, there were some names that there were some names that I saw, and Gary and Conley was one of those. Um, but as far as edge goes, I, I don't, I don't know if they signed one more. I don't know. I after they signed McKinley, that pretty much convinced me they were going to take one maybe with one of their first three picks i don't know though. i don't know but i one thing i do know is this is a boomer this is high or no low risk high reward signing for sure uh i mean this kid had a lot of like bob said bob you loved him coming out of ucla right yes loved him and that talent just doesn't disappear. <laughs> and like I said, he had his first two years in the league were actually pretty good. He was on an upward swing. So whatever happened in Atlanta, that's behind him. I hope. And I uh, hope he can come here and start wrecking fools. I think we got a way better locker room than Atlanta did too. Pro- good point. Yeah. The culture again, the Browns, Browns good culture. culture. What How's going on here? But what? My yeah, I think they're going to, you know, Losing that'll drive you nuts, man. That will drive it you will. crazy, and you ain't gonna lose here no more. No, it's those days are gone, man. We're 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 built to last right now. Um, couple other uh tidbits here. Actually, this is kind of this is another one surprising. We 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 got Hollywood coming back. I I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I guess, but Najoku, um. Uh, that fifth year option kicked in at what four o'clock Eastern today. Um, they never said that they wanted to get rid of him. They I know they want him back. They want him back. And I, 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 I honestly, if Najoku comes out and balls out this year, which I think he has a mm. very good chance to do so, I could see a scenario where Hooper's kind of a a cut casualty. Um, they could easily cut ties with Hooper after two years. It's possible. And I thought Hooper played well. Uh, he, his blocking was pretty decent and he, you know, he, he made some good catches, but Njoku, I just love that athletic ability. And I think he brings a little bit of a high he's to me, he's more of a hybrid tight end. And I kind of dig that about him. And he's gradually like, gotten a little better every year. Like, yes. He was so young when we drafted him. Like tight yeah. end is a really, really hard position to learn early. Yes. I think because he was a first rounder, everyone just wanted him to come out and be Gronk right away. Last year, his blocking was so much better than oh. it ever was. So it's like, get over here, buddy. Let me help you out here. Let me show you how it's done. And his blocking was so much better. So I think they're like, look, man, we're going to really involve you again this year. You're going to get a nice little paycheck. 
and the market's going to be better for you next year. And I think he's going to cash in next year. And if this is going to be his last year here. He's going to run it one more time. And after we win the Super Bowl, he's going to sail off and get paid. <laughs> that's, that's I sound always positive, Jay. I love it. Bob <laughs> Najoku, you're a fan of Najoku, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I'm one of the people that, you know, I tried to when he was drafted and people are like, oh, he's not an elite tight end right away. It's like, guys, you drafted a 20, 20 year old kid. 20. At, you drafted a 20 year old kid at a position that generally takes three years before yes. the 20, before the 22 year old kids are ready. Like if you go back and you look at the career arc and we talked about this on Twitter last year, I think it was myself and uh, Mike Krupka. Uh, he'll, he'll kill me if I messed up his last name. I'm sorry. I think we were, we were talking about it. And it's like, when we were looking at these guys, these, you know, the top tier guys, the Kelsey's, the Kittles, everybody like that, that everybody wants to compare Najoku to because he was drafted in the first round. And it's like, look at when those guys started to heat up with their numbers. It right. wasn't until year two, year three. And then add in the fact that he's basically missed a full year's worth of games. This is essentially year three in terms of games played for him. Something yeah. along those Why lines, or he's going into year four. A rookie tight end in fantasy football. Don't ever do it. <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> that, and guys, this is the commission of the of the RBS Underground League. Okay, <laughs> listen to what he we says. We trade cats for people. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so I I I've always liked keeping Najoku around unless there was a trade that made yes. sense. Yes. I'm not giving I'm not mm. giving David Najoku away. If you can get get a vet edge, you know, an edge that fit that you really, really like, you know, yep. you get something back in return for corner him or something versus like yeah. versus losing Excellent him next offseason. Yeah, versus losing him next offseason. Yeah. That's different. But there were people on Twitter just cut him the ball. He can't catch passes. Oh, God. Is too much. I'm just like, I'm like, guys, I, I did not miss you in my two or three month hiatus from Twitter. You're, you're ridiculous. <laughs> right. So no, I'm I'm happy as hell to have a 24 year old that is coming, as Jay said, off his best blocking season as a pro who does things differently than the other two tight ends. Najoku has the ability to stretch the field and for all the talk about his hands, the dude just makes ridiculous catches without a problem. And he, you know, he's, he does drop a few easy ones, but I'll take that at 24 years old and $6 million on my roster all day, every day. Absolutely. His game is finally catching up to that body. It is. Like he's built like a Hercules over there. He really but is. He just it just took some development. And I I've always been a fan of the athletic tight ends. I mean it, it, it's a it's a game changer. It, I mean if if you can have a a tight end that can break off, make one move and break off uh, most what, what with most tight ends it would be a 10 12 yard gain. They're tackled. They make one move and it turns into a 40 50 yard gain. That's the kind of shit that Nichoku can do, man. And like you said, Jay. His blocking last year, holy shit, was a big improvement. Big improvement. That was one of his knocks a little bit to a certain extent. Kay, you're excited about Njoku. I can tell. Yeah, I think think also bringing in someone like Austin Hooper. So Njoku isn't the number one tight end target. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know what I mean? And having a system that relies on two tight ends is also huge. Um, Because, like, we see it in – New York with um, Evan Ingram. Yeah. Like he has the same type of issues. He's the crazy athletic. I mean, he's basically a receiver, but he has these drops when he's like the number one target for their offense. And I think when it comes to the tight end, uh, I think the room itself is more important than like individual players. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh Yeah. 
So pairing Njoku with a reliable pass, pass catcher like an Austin Hooper. Yes. They can both block well now and yeah. it just opens up the field for, for everybody. I'm you know excited. The rookie we had from last year, Harrison, well, when Njoku's probably gone next year, he'll be in his third year and really getting into his group. Harrison Bryant. And you draft yeah. another guy and that's your third guy and you just keep rotating these guys in. That's what good, that's what good teams do. What are you going to say, Bob? Yeah, here's a fun one for you to think about as the season goes on. Eric Ebron, year five, was the first year he left Detroit and went to Indy. Yeah. And he was right at that same age range as uh, Njoku. And when he went to Indy, I mean, he's obviously not going to get the same number of targets sure. here. But that was that year he had uh, 13 touchdowns. Yeah. And he was part of, and I believe in that 18 Colts offense, they they had multiple tight ends like that. Like, I don't yes, know if they had. they did. They had, like, Doyle and yes. uh, I want to look it up real quick to know the. Uh, yes, they used the a shit ton of had, tight ends that year. Yep. They did. Um, that's a, that's a good point. And honestly, nothing against Eric Ebron. I, I think Najoku even has more upside than Ebron to be completely honest. Um, Ebron's Ebron's got some skills. Come on now. Ebron Ebron and Doyle that year. And then they had another, oh, and then they had Mo Alley Cox. He played a little bit, little bit. Uh, So, but they used like a similar room. Yes, they, they. I mean, they used Ebron and Doyle a lot that year, a lot because I think Doyle even had a decent year that year as far as like targets go and whatnot. I think he had a decent year, if I'm remembering correctly. Because I want to say I had Ebron on my fantasy team that year. So that's the only way. I, that's the only reason I fucking remember. Uh, He's on that team, man. Well, I don't like him. <laughs> well, welcome back, Dave. The joke I'm not positive when it comes to the Steeler players. Let me no, tell no, you. no, no, no worries. I will destroy them if I have to. I'll get savage with it. The joke you. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to joke who's back. Another, another, another Brown was re signed today, um, brought back today, and that's Malcolm Smith, linebacker Malcolm Smith. Um, I actually kind of dig, I actually was more than okay with Malcolm Smith's play last year. He's pretty decent in coverage. Um, I mean, that's what he does best. Um, I'm like, we were saying, you know, linebacker, especially in this scheme and in today's NFL, you don't, you know, it's not as big as a need as it was in 1992. However, you know, I'm okay with bringing back Malcolm Smith. He's not going to blow the doors off people, but you know, he can cover someone. Uh, Caitlin, any, any reaction to Malcolm Smith coming back? I, I think this was expected too. I was, I was not surprised by this move either. I should know. Any linebacker over 51. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will give you 51. You mean Mac Wilson? Yeah. Mac does. Here's the thing with Mac Wilson. He tweets. He he's his tweet game, man. <laughs> he tweets a lot. He does. He's coming for somebody's girl. He sometimes he destroyed someone on Twitter the other day. I, I, I've said it, said it once. I've said it before. Sometimes you just got to tweet through it. And Mac Wilson lives by that, man. And he really does. I don't know. Mac is plays yeah, hard. Works. He cares a lot. Um, the efforts there, it's off the charts. Everything I read, it's just, he just hasn't, completely gotten it yet and if i don't know if he will i hope he does because i like the kid seems like a good kid he really does the issue with Mac wilson is that and i've said this multiple times uh he went from being an underrated fifth round pick 
to the most overrated player on the Browns going into last year. That's kind of fair. That's kind of fair. I, I'm pulling for the kid, but I'm glad they got Malcolm Smith back. You got anybody, anybody any reaction to Malcolm Smith coming back, Bob? I, I, you know what? Um, I, I, I like keeping some parts of the, of the, you know, the linebacking room intact. Yeah. Cause you got, you got Goodson out there as a free agent. Don't know if yes. he's coming back. You know, you've already got the rest of it's real young. You know, you got obviously yeah. uh, Kate's favorite person in the world, Mac Wilson. And then you have, <laughs> J- you know, Jacob, Jacob Phillips, who spent a lot of the year injured and then was yes. starting to show some flashes at the end of the year. Who so I like, I'm, by I'm, the way, I'm, he's going to yeah, start. I'm, I'm, all start. About keeping, I'm all about keeping some sort of veteran consistency in the room. Sure. I mean, Smith, Smith's a former Super Bowl MVP. I know everybody likes to joke around about that, but he knows what it's like to be on a winning team and, you know, a Super Bowl winning team. So you can't get enough of guys like that in your locker room. And he's good for the uh, good for the group. And um, I'm always going to mess up the guy's name, but uh, he followed me on Twitter for some reason, because I said something about uh, not basing game speed off of 40s. And um, he was on the Browns practice squad. I think he's with the Cowboys now. But he had mentioned a few things because he was tweeting me about BJ Goodson, and sure. he liked the he liked the linebacker room a lot. So I'm assuming that Smith was in that. So you know, you just never know. I, again, you got a, a vet a vet voice in the room is always great. And you know, what's funny about the about the Mac Wilson thing. I always laugh at like the pure. I don't know if it's just like five people on Twitter that just hate him, and one of them is just always in my timeline all the time. <laughs> but I swear, every single day, somebody is like spitting something at Mac Wilson. I'm like, this dude is like a fifth round like. When we get into the to the GM thing later with like the best and worst GMs, like you, ninety percent of those fifth rounders aren't even in the league anymore, and True. it's just like we we got this guy who's like busting his butt trying to be really good, but then also won't shut up on Twitter. Yes, and, and it's just like I think the fan base like dislikes him more than they've ever cared about any other fifth rounder <laughs> in the history of the team since ninety nine. You're like, right. Like, hey, most people- of the time, most of the time, this is a special teams player that's not going to be on a team after this year, and everybody's like man, forget you, Mac Wilson, but in, in different words, you know, just like killing him. And I'm like, My, this dude's a fifth round. Mac like, Wilson <laughs> is what Twitter is. It's the best of both worlds and the worst <laughs> of both <laughs> worlds. <laughs> He's the true. most loved Browns player and also the most hated Browns player. Like, holy moly. I mean, why can't he be like... I don't, know, I don't hate anyone if they try their hardest. As long as you ain't going out there pulling a Dwayne Bow or whatever that... Oh, whatever the receiver was you had, you were talking about last week. Kenny Brett. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny Brett. Yeah. If you're giving it your all, I don't care if you suck. If you're trying your hardest, you can suck. As long as you're trying your hardest. I don't know. I don't know. 20, I don't know. 23 tried pretty hard last year. I don't hate him. He sucks, but I don't hate him. Like Kenny Brett, I will trash you. Yes. Just, the worst kind of <laughs> sports player there is. Yeah. You're just all about yourself and it drives me nuts. At least 23 sold out. He tried hard. He just sucked. He did. You know? He just did. Yeah, there's, just... there's a Will Smith like episode. He gets the clown, takes everyone hostage. And he goes, it's not that we don't like you. It's just you suck. You're not <laughs> good. Like, yeah, Listen, you're a good think... person. You're trying hard, but I think Mac Wilson just needs to pull a Quentin Groves, go get some wings with a few people that dislike him on social media. Kate, you know, Dennis, everybody else out there that doesn't like him, sit down, go get some chicken wings in the city of Cleveland and just hash it out, you know, yeah. and, and, let, and let Mac try and be a, a, a contributor to the defense this year. Just, just no prostitution. Prostitution yeah. bus no, no, like Quinn Gross. Like wings at a Cleveland location. You, know, yeah. you, you take that. You take that for however you want, wherever you want to plan that meeting. All right. Oh man, it's been Just a while. Make sure it's not during the All Star game next year when James Harden's in town. True that. Well, 
let's move on. Let's move on to this other part here. So I, I don't know about you guys. I'm, I think you guys are going to agree with me. Would you guys agree? Cornerback should, should be the next thing of interest right now. They not only, yeah. I mean, they need, they need another outside guy and they need a starting slot. Um, there is a shit ton of cornerbacks still on the board. Uh, You're going to see another one, two-year deal, smashing deal by the boss, man. You're going <laughs> to get one of them. Don't you worry. I, I mean, th- there's names like, okay, Bob, you and I talked about this name before it started. Troy Hill. That's definitely one. Uh, we got Brian, Brian Poole, uh, Xavier Rhodes, uh, Desmond King, Malcolm Butler, Richard Sherman, Gary on Conley. I mean, there is a lot of names out there. Casey Haywood, I just found out was a free agent. There's it, it. There is a shit ton. And a lot of these, some of these guys like Troy Hill, for instance, who I like, um, what this was his first year in the slot. Uh, he had always been an outside guy and they moved him. To the, I think the, the ramps moved him to the slot. He's a name. I like Brian pool. Who's got a shoulder problem, but if that checks out, I've always been a fan of Brian pool's game. He's not, I mean, he's not going to, again, he's not going to blow the doors off, but give me some, uh, give me some corners that you guys like, uh, who you think the Browns should either target or they will target. Go ahead, Bob. Ladies first. Uh, oh, Bob first. Okay. Like Kate, Kate, go. Go, okay. Oh man. So it's it's hard to say. Just it, it is hard. It is hard to say because like there's, there's so the many. Yeah, right. There's there's also the factor of like, you know, we have some picks, and if somebody wants to make a trade, yes. mean, don't know who's available. Yeah. Um because I mean AJ Bouye, 30 years old. Um, I'm looking down the list. Casey yeah, that's another one. That's another investment true font, 31. Um, you know, Richard Sherman, 33, like you said, but I mean, you know, I, I know we kind of briefly talked about Gary on Conley, but he's, he seems to fit what the Browns want. He's 26 years old. Higgins, 26, Tack McKinley, 25, John Johnson, 25. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you would want to prove a deal. Um, but Conley, interesting, Brian Poole, 29 years old. I mean, I corners is, it's very, it's interesting because I always thought, hey, you could have a like a Tack McKinley or a rookie defensive Ed on the opposite side of Miles Garrett. But if you can lock up your corners with Denzel Ward and a legitimate number two or a one A or whatever or one B or whatever, because I mean, I can't I I I can't trust Greedy Williams. Yeah, um, it, it, it's, it's a, a nerve injury in his yeah, shoulder and so I don't shit, know man. yeah a hundred percent so just lock up the secondary and because I was all for Marshawn Lattimore I mean I would I'd be willing to give oh. him <laughs> I give my left nut for Marshawn <laughs> Lattimore what you mean oh man oh lord I'd give my right so they'd have a pair I mean there we go <laughs> Now we're talking. Yeah, it's it, it's kind it's kind of crazy. I mean, like, I just I don't know. I, I, there, there's some big names. There's some there's some middle middle names here. There, there's some young names like Conley, like you said, that would kind uh, of Conley. Quentin Dunbar, twenty nine. Uh, Adoree Jackson, who yeah, he's another I one. Mean, they, they mentioned him on the OBR. Um, I I don't know, man. It's just. I don't know. There's a lot of guys, a lot of notable, a lot of notable names that were good. Like 
I don't know, five years ago. Right. Go ahead, Bob. I think the King, like King is the name. I mean, we talked about Hill before and I think, you know, that's another, I think Desmond King just yep. sticks out to me sure. because, you know, when I, I hate to always tie the analytics thing into there, but mm-hmm. you know, there's, you there's, there's obviously, you have he to. was, he was a PFF darling for years. Yeah. Like I think it was before, right before the trade or was he trade of the Titans or however, however the Titans got him. He was like 90. It was a trade. Yeah, it was, so he was 90.5 in their coverage grade since like t- 2018 between then and the, and the time of the trade. And, you know, so he's a, he's a guy who can play inside and outside. I don't know what yeah. his outside stats are. I know I know for a fact that he's an inside guy, though. 26 years old. Uh, yeah. one, thing I, one thing I always like to look at is on Spotrack, they have a uh, market value for some of the free agents. Sure. And their calculated market value based off of his age and position has him at about an, has him at an average annual salary of 6.8 million. Woo! Um for a 26-year-old who can play inside and out, I'm willing to use that because you know a lot of people were out there talking about, "Hey, we should give Hendrickson 15 mil. We should pay, you know, pay for this edge and that edge." I'm I'm cool with splitting 15 million dollars up and giving 6.8 a year to a guy that can play inside and outside and essentially yeah. come right in and replace the biggest loss of the offseason in uh, Terrence Mitchell. I mean, I, I'd really like the fit for King age and versatility wise. I'm glad you brought up Terrence Mitchell. I'm, I'm a little surprised he was not brought back for death. From, on yeah, the was tough. from what it re- from what it read like was that he uh, wanted an opportunity to actually be able start. to start on Makes the sense. outside. On Makes the outside. Sense. Good for yeah. him, though. Good for him. Yeah. So, Money Mitch is a good dude. He is. He, yeah, he busted his butt here. I mean, with without him, I'm huh. – uh, <laughs> with, with, without Mitchell, like, I mean, that secondary would have been even way worse. Oh. So, yeah, no, the most underrated loss of the offseason is going to be Mitchell, and they yeah. need to find a way – they need to find a way to replace him ASAP. Yeah, it he just was su- – It just sucks that it was two years for $7.5 million I know. Mitchell. That's why it's surprising. I, just, I saw it. Oh, my goodness. I know. It's the reverse Hollywood. It's, it's literally yeah. the reverse Hollywood. He took – he took low money for a chance to start, whereas right. Hollywood Hollywood probably took less money to stay here. So yeah, yep. I I'm curious. Honestly, I I gotta think by the weekend. This will drop on Thursday. I gotta think sometime over the weekend the Browns are gonna snag one of these corners. I'd be stunned. They have to. I mean, and, and now now to be fair, I think there's a good chance that they draft one too. As well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, obviously, for sure. Oh, no, for sure. But I mean, I, I think it's even a very good chance that they draft one as high as as their first round pick. I think that's a very, especially an outside guy. Um, obviously, um, you're not. When it comes to that guy. first round, I think it's going to be the best of either whatever's best available: DN or, or corner tackle or corner. Those three yeah. spots. If the, Whoever's the best available at position wise doesn't matter. Just the best guy at those three. That's what we're going. Yeah, because yeah, I, after I'm curious what if they do anything out outside of McKinley and free agency at edge. I don't know. I don't know. I, it would make sense to me that, that that they won't, and they're going to draft a guy, and that you know whether that's in the first round or second round, or even the third. Um, I don't know. I just can't wait for this whole off season to wrap up. So we know that's the part that kills me is not knowing Bob K J not knowing. I Barry just makes the most hurry, hurry, please. I, 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 think, 
Like, I think they, I think they need to go out and get another veteran defensive end, though. Because I mean, the way I see the whole tag thing is, it's just like a depth thing, you know. Yeah. No, he's essentially a Claiborne. I mean, that's what he is. I mean, well, I mean, same role, I should say. Right, they're, right, right. They're different players, I think. But uh, is Reddick still out there? He got. No. He signed today. He signed today. And uh, apparently, it was reported that he, the Browns offered him the same deal, but he wanted to go play for uh, his old college coach in Carolina. Yes. Yep. So that tells me the Browns are going to make another move at edge. Sure. You, would th- you would think. I don't know. I know, Bob, you were tweeting about it last night. And I was too. <laughs> Not same Browns. I was tweeting as well. It was literally the last night, the last couple nights. Clowny. Um, I mean, is, is he still in the cards after signing McKinley? I, I, I would definitely say so. I mean, you're talking, you know, McKinley was that four mil range. Uh, I mean, again, if we look yeah. back at, if we look at my uh, favorite handy dandy uh, Spotrek market tool, they're yeah. saying for Clowney, 6.5 mil wow. is his market value. So if you could essentially add two guys, one guy in Clowney at 6.5, one guy in TAC at four, you're at $10.5 million between two guys. One guy you get when healthy, a former you know, top pick who is an elite freak to put him on the opposite side of miles. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to be taking on the, he's not going to be getting doubled every play, you know, and for, if you're clowny, right, you're still 28 years old. You look at that opportunity, like we're a great fit I, for him. I can, I can go out there. I can get after the quarterback. I can get miles sloppy seconds. And then somebody's going to pay me like they just did Hendrickson and pre uh, they're going to pay me like that for getting more sacks and, you know, more pressures without the attention. So I think it's a great, I I've long thought that the clowny to the Browns thing was almost inevitable. Um, if they can make it work out from his camp and they're not wanting something crazy, like, you know, 13, 15 million. Oh can, yeah. If he can settle in, if he can settle in that under 10 range on a one year deal to prove it. Yeah. I, I would, I would love Clowney as a fit. And then Kate mentioned to me earlier, but Melvin Ingram is another name to keep. An yeah. Eye on too. Yeah. Um, he's got it. He wants to prove it. He's already talked to people. He's hungry. He'll do whatever he can to prove it for one year and prove it. He can still play in this league. I would take, absolutely take either one of those players, either one. Um, Clowney intrigues me just he does a lot of he there's a lot he's got the effort issue sometimes people say that's what they say he's got the injury issue but one thing that people like I, I never see people talk about about Clowney and it's so true he's really good against the run he really is he's a good player he does he does more than just pressure the quarterback and sack the cornerback um and I I truly believe in my heart if he's healthy uh, I mean, he's, he'd be an absolute force on the other side of miles. And obviously it's going to make him better. Like you just said. And honestly, truthfully, it's going to help miles out a ton too, man. So I, I brought it up on Twitter. I put a poll up on not, uh, not same Browns the other night. And there was a lot of Browns fans that are just still scorned <laughs> from what he did last year where he, where he, you know, didn't, didn't pick us who gives a shit. Who cares? That was last year. I don't care. This is now. If he's if he's healthy and if he stays healthy, he'd be one of the best additions the Browns could pick up at, at, at edge right now. I mean, it's it's just the facts. But you know, Jay, are you a big clowny guy? You're being kind of quiet over there. It leads me to. Even looks like she has something she has to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Go you ahead. a clowny guy, Jay? Well, oh, let me ask yeah, you this: I'm, Does it bother like... you that he didn't pick us last year? Does that still? No, pick... I don't care about yeah, that. Thank you doesn't bother me 
I'd like to see him line up inside next to Miles. I think he could wreak havoc there. Well, yeah, I think you'd see Miles lighting up sometimes inside. And, and, and I mean, if, if you guys really watched last year, they moved Miles around a lot last year. He lined up inside a lot more than – not that it was a ton. What happened to him last year, by the way? Like, what Clowny? He did, yeah. Injuries, man. Just, just injuries. And, yeah. He had a knee injury. Like, didn't hear about him at all. Yeah. yeah, he had a knee injury late in the year. Um, but all the reports are that he's going to be full go and healthy like here in the next month. Yes. Sounds like he's good to go. So, I mean, he's – I don't know. And he's an anal- – talk about an analytics player. I mean, that's – I. it doesn't shock – it didn't shock me last year that Andrew Barry wanted Clowney. Now, it, it tells me – the reports were last year that they offered him, like, in the 15, 16 million range. Is that right? 14? I forget what it was. 13 to 15 or something that, that, that they offered. Like that. It was something like that. How awesome would it be if you offer him now and get him for cheaper this year? Well, I'm just going to throw out a number. One year, $9 million. I mean, if, yeah. if Barry would have offered that last year, I it leads me to believe that it's got to be in the cards if he can score him for under, like Bob said, under 10. I'm thinking like 7 to $10 million, One year deal. One year prove it deal. Like this is a perfect example for a prove it deal. One year, 7 to $10 million, Get him in here. Get him on the other side of Miles and let's fucking roll. I think um, I think how good we are right now, like expectations changed and we we're too good to play the, the scorned lover card. You know what I mean? Yeah, like dude, or any I player. don't give a shit about that. But like, dude, I literally have grown men in my Twitter saying, no, he broke up with. Dude, are you still mad at your ex-girlfriend from high school 20 years ago that broke up with you? probably are. Probably. Well, get over it. Jesus Christ. Get over it. My God, he's too good to like. It gets me so fired up, Kay. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, they're not. Veins popping out of my neck and shit. We got you worked into a shoot. I love it. <laughs> um, but no, like he's he's too good to play that to to play that card. I mean, it's not just him against the run and how it helps Miles Garrett, but it also helps helps Sheldon Richardson. Yes, it helps Andrew uh, Billings. Because you're not, you don't really have a lot of depth at defensive tackle. You, don't. you have Billings coming back. You have Richardson. Uh, you have um, Jordan Elliott, who you took in the third round last year. I mean, as of right now, like that's it. I mean, Larry Ogunjobi's out there. I, I don't know what the market is for defensive tackles, and I don't think they're going to spend super uh, a lot of money on it on, on defensive tackle um, for depth purposes. But he's too good to to play the scorn lover card. I mean, I get it. He's hurt, but one yeah, year, I don't like this care. isn't a year. <laughs> I mean, they were willing to go like three years, 16 million per last year. That's what I'm saying. I, they got to be interested in this year. Cause there's no look, man, I'm no dread. I'm no cap expert. I'm no like projection, uh, value expert player value expert, but I can, an idiot like me can guarantee you he's not going to get that again this year. I don't think so. No I, I would be, absolutely stunned i mean i guess there's some dumb gms out there but i think he's gonna end up signing like a something similar to like patrick peterson signed today one year 10 million i think it's gonna be something and something around there a contract like that i saw you shaking your head bob you're i mean you agree with that right i mean it's yeah yeah i mean you know it, it's the funniest thing about about the entire scenario with people getting mad about players it's like <laughs> be honest with yourselves all right if it was last offseason and you we're looking for work in the NFL to go and have a possibility to win a championship. 
Which team would you have signed a free agent deal with? The Cleveland Browns or the Tennessee Titans? Probably the Tennessee Titans. The team that you're you're choosing the team that just came off an AFC championship run. Like the the Browns were, even the Cleveland Browns didn't think they were going to be, uh, you know, yeah, uh, a few uh, one caught pass or one you know flipped over play away from being in the AFC Championship. Yeah, actually. news flashed all Browns fans. They were the, last year. What transpired? They were a year ahead of schedule. Okay, I mean, the, the, let's be real here. They were they were a year ahead of schedule a little bit. Um, I think they expected things to come together the, like they did, but you know, you you can't raise expectations too high. You got you got to you got to be level headed. But uh, sorry, I kind of interrupted you, Bob. Go ahead and finish oh, that no. thought. You're good. The, the last thing I was going to say is we all have to remember that if, if, if anything is showing us with going and getting an attack and, I mean, hell, even hiring Stefanski last year, if Andrew Barry really believes in someone and is really interested in someone, he's going to find a way to get them. I mean, he tried to get yes. attacked so many times last year. We yeah. all know that there were the rumors See? and reports that with the rumors and reports before he went to Philadelphia when the Browns were hiring the coach that Stefanski was – his voiced opinion of who should be the next head coach, uh, but you know, a year before. So, you know, we have all of these different scenarios where Barry seems to go and get his guy. And if he really believes in Clowney that much and offered him that much last year, I can't see them not trying to get him at a discounted rate this year. I agree. I agree, man. I I think it's a no brainer. I mean, I, I think it's obvious. Of course, if you like, if he liked him last year of what he offered him, of course he would take him this year. I would at at a one year, 10 mil. Yes, absolutely. All right. That's uh, I think we, we, we get God, you guys are fucking awesome. That was a, that was a good, good, good discussion there. We're going to move on to the next segment before we do anyone have any final thoughts on any targets, free agency in general, anything else before we move on. We good? I'm good with whatever the boss does, man. All right, let's move on. So, guys, as you guys, uh, if you listened last week, you know Stephen and I, uh, we did a little rankings at the end of the episode, and we're going to do the same thing here today. This one should be fucking fun. Um, we're going to rank our top three and bottom three Browns GMs since 1999. Um I say we start with the top because I think the bottom's going to be much funnier. <laughs> <laughs> and you well, only gave us three for the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> we, we got, I had to make it. Yeah, man. One day, I promise you guys, and I promise every listeners out there, one day I will have a roundtable show where we rank all the Browns GM since 1999 from like, I think it's 10. I think the number is at 10. Um, what do we do wrong to you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a fun time. Kay, let's start with you. Num- we'll start from three, top. We're at the top. Top three Browns GM at ni- since 1999. Who do you have at number three? Okay, so do I just say my number three? and then Yeah, just number ahead? three, okay. and I'll go around everyone else's number three. All right, three. cool. Uh, Phil Savage is my number three. I, I dig it. I dig it. I feel like he didn't get a chance to finish the job a little bit um for sure actually um i didn't agree with a lot of things he did but i also did agree with a lot of things he did um, i mean he, he drafted the best offensive tackle in nfl history he sure did he sure did and that being that being said he did trade up for he also team. drafted yeah yeah and he, i mean you know it is what it is but he i feel like 
this isn't like saying much, but I feel like Savage had more of a plan than any other GM that came before him and a few after, for fuck's sakes. My God. All right, Jay, we'll go over to you. Who do you got number three? Oh, man. Getting three was tough. And holy crap, how many GMs after 99? Like, that list is so long. Well, I was real close to going with Savage, but I'm going to give it to Tom Hecker. Okay. I thought he did all right. He wasn't the greatest. And, yeah, one of the funniest radio bits I've ever heard yes. in my life. Tom! <laughs> it is Tom? good. Is that the draft? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Hecker – and may, may he, he he passed a couple years ago. Yeah, he passed a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah may, may he rest. He was way too young. I feel like Hecker was a pretty good Italian evaluator. I do. I feel like he, I feel like that guy was a scout at heart to a certain extent. Um, he had, a, he, he could evaluate talent. There's no doubt. Um, I, again, this pool of 10 GMs since 99, there's not a lot of good ones, guys. And honestly, Hecker would probably no. make my top five. <laughs> he probably would. I think Bob. Hecker's my four. Yeah, I would have him top five. You have to. Bob, who do you got? Number three, top Browns G- top three Browns GM since 99. Number three, Bob. <laughs> Good old Sashi and the analytics wars is my Ooh. number three. Ooh. And, you know, a lot of people are going to freak out Ooh. about that because of the record. But when I'm looking at a GM and their job, Sashi took over an utter shit show from the two GMs ahead of him in terms of cap and and assets just available. Yes. And he did. I'm confident enough to say that if Sashi would have gotten to the next couple of years after he was gone, you would have seen it reflect in the winning because sure. he, he created the, what I like to call the war chest that John Dorsey executed on. He mm-hmm. got all of those assets. He helped them create all that cap space. Yep. It, it's, it's almost, oh, God, why do I not remember, remember his name? Uh, the GM that was before David Griffin with the Cavs, it was almost the same exact situation. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chris Grant. Chris, Chris Grant. Grant. Yeah. yeah. Like where, where you know, they, the GM took over the rebuild. He blew it up. He did what he's supposed to do. Sure. Put, up the, put the war chest together. And then somebody else came in and got to actually execute it. Totally and don't get fair. me wrong. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, the drafts that he was actually in charge of, I mean, that 16 draft uh, where they had all of those picks and literally, I think did maybe, he picked Corey Coleman. Yeah, yeah, he picked Corey Coleman. Sure did. Um, and I think, I think the yeah. biggest thing, I think the biggest thing with Barry is that you had all of that internal strife where all of a sudden you had Hugh Jackson's input and, you know, you got Sashi, who's this relatively new leader, leader executive guy. And it's just like, all right, you got the owner saying draft this guy for the coach. And then you got, uh, personnel saying they want this guy for development. And it was just all over the place. I mean, that's how you got Cody Kessler. That's how yep. you got Deshaun Kaiser the next year. It oh, was yeah. just both of those drafts were all over the place and there were too many voices in the room. But I just think as you cannot deny the impact that he had from asset building that is imprinted on this team now sure. and into the future with the players that, that uh, Dorsey and all were able to add. Absolutely. But I had to leave them off. Like I'm not yeah. a big Sashi fan. I'm not I, is a con- former construction worker. Demo is easy. That was the easiest job you can do. And when you're done with the construction site and no one, he, they don't get credit. No one cares what the demo guy does. That's easy. <laughs> it's the guy that did all the construction that actually get all the credit. I can trade away anything. That's, that ain't hard to do drafted crap. Like, 
I don't know. I didn't think he did. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of his, so I'll just politely disagree on that one. Yeah, well, you're going to disagree with me, too, because Sashi's my number three. (laughs) And here's here's why. And I agree to disagree. Absolutely. disagree. You don't have to freak out. You know, get all personal. The way Browns fans argue on Twitter. I say this on my on my horror movie podcast, Dead in Santa Carla, my horror movie podcast on horror Twitter. People are always arguing about that movie sucks. Why do you like that movie? It we our, our motto on Dead in Santa Carla, my horror movie podcast, is we like what we like, and that is okay. You can like whatever fucking movie you like. I just talked about at Leprechaun Three for an hour and a half last night. Fucking love that movie. I don't care. <laughs> okay. So anyway, but uh, Sashi, I got a number three. Um, I agree with a lot of things that both Jay and Bob said. Um, if we were just doing talent evaluators since 99, Sashi probably wouldn't have cracked my top six. Um, however, the model and strategy that he and Paul D. Badessa together put together is now still in place. It's just being ran by Andrew Barry now. Sashi's plan was the best plan and actually was thinking outside the box and was kind of ahead of the curve a little bit. I mean, this was like NBA kind of shit he was doing. Brock Osweiler trade. Yeah, exactly. That was good. I'll give you that. And we got Nick Chubb out of that deal. And that turned into Nick Chubb. Um, now Dorsey drafted his job. I mean, but I could put a T-ball on a stick and hit it. (laughs) It ain't hard. Here's the thing with Sashi, you know, and I want to move this along. The only thing I'll say about Sashi is is his idea to 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 accumulate the assets, uh, strip the cap, all that was kind of brilliant. It just so happens he doesn't have a job anymore because he's not an NFL talent evaluator. That's not what he does. If if Sashi, Sashi wanted to be the president, if Sashi wanted to be the president of the Browns, fuck yes, just president and like working with Depot or whatever. Or even taking the place of Depot? Sure. Absolutely. Sign me up. But yeah, I got Sashi at my number three. We'll we'll keep moving as we go. But Kay, who- I, I got to hear Caitlin's take on this. Well, yeah. Well, Andy, <laughs> who do you got at number two? Well, well, can if I can talk about go, Sashi Brown? Go ahead. Uh, Andy, me what and you, you be, we've been we've been friends for years now, and we've talked all through the Sashi Brown era. Yes. In our PS4 parties. I thought you were going to leave him off of your list. For two reasons. Number one, not taking Deshaun Watson. Yes. Still disagree with that incredibly. And number two, them not taking Christian Hackenberg. (laughs) (laughs) Which is because you're the reason why I'm blocked by him. That's beautiful. Yeah, I was a big Christian Hackenberg guy. Shows me what I know. But uh, for number two, uh, John Dorsey. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. You you drafted uh, Baker Mayfield. You took Denzel Ford. Um, You traded for Jarvis Landry, Odell. I mean, his his hand is in a lot of what the you know his he did a lot for, like like Jay said. I mean, he's he kind of built the uh, the foundation for to be successful. Now I could see. People not even having him on the list because he did hire Freddie Kitchens. So, and <laughs> it got him fired. <laughs> and it got him fired and deservedly so. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I like Freddie a lot. Yeah, but it was Eric. Ego. Yeah, Ego. And, and he wanted a yes man. 
because he didn't want what happened to him in Kansas City with Andy Reid. Right. But talent evaluator, like, I thought he was really good. I mean, he, like I said, Jarvis Landry, I mean, to trade to trade for Wyatt Teller. Yeah. I mean, the, um, to, 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 to take Nick Chubb, who I know, I mean, the reports were he liked uh, uh, the other rece- uh, running back from uh, Sony George. Michelle. Yeah, Sony Michelle. Um, Thank uh, God. Did he, you imagine if New England would have got him? Oof. Uh, instead of Sony Lord Michelle. Lord have mercy. Oh, maybe. The Doors. The Doors. Yeah, overall, John Dorsey, number two. Number I'm two. Cool I like it. Jay, who you got number two, bud? I'm piggybacking right off her. I love the Doors. Doors? I mean, he ain't perfect. Don't get me wrong. No. Like he said, he, he hired Freddie Kitchens. Like, yeah. yeah it's pretty overstate. Yeah, over he laid Kevin the foundation of this team, man. So yes. many great moves. It's undeniable. It's undeniable. He has. I mean, like, pretty much your entire playmaking offense, including your quarterback. I mean, what GM has ever came here and then everyone starts wearing these oh. terrible brown sweaters because oh. their GM wears them? There's you no doubt. You want to talk to sweaters? horrible, but you, everyone you want, was rocking it because the Doris was rocking it. You want to talk about generic sports takes? I mean, that is generic, just a clothing attire. Dude. Oh, my God. It was what a fucking so, beast. Boy, dude, just, dude uh, the lunch pail fucking hard hat motherfuckers, man. They ate that yeah. shit up, and I was one of them. Bob, Bob, who you got at number two, bud? I've actually got Andrew Barry at number two. Nice. Uh, and, and the only reason being is we're only one year into the – we're just touching our feet into year two of the Andrew Barry. <laughs> right. you know? But the job he did in year one, I mean, you can't be denied. I mean, the Brian nope. Conklin brought in Goodson on the, on the short-term deal. He was an important part of the defense. Hooper, I think you'll get to see the real fruits of that signing this year. I hope so. Um, I really liked the addition, but I'm a noted Carl Joseph Homer, but I really like the addition of Carl Joseph. I'd like to bring him back. Deal, and I would love to bring him back. Yep. Then, I mean, you hit on Willis in the draft. I mean, mm-hmm. Willis looked great. I mean, Jacob, you know, uh, Phillips, we talked about earlier, he flashed. Uh, Elliot flashed a little bit. You'll get to see him more this year. Um, you know, DPJ showed some stuff. So did Bryant. So yeah. a lot of his draft picks got action early. The True. best thing about it was a lot of his draft picks, did, draft picks didn't have to step in and play integral roles early. They got, they got that taste of it. They, they filled in an injury spots, yeah. but they weren't just those guys that were just thrown under thrown into the fire, like the years past. And then, you know, you can't, you can't really uh, forget about the job he's done already this year, you know, getting Johnson in there on that deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously we haven't seen him play yet, but we know from his past performance that that's a hell of a signing. So I've got uh, Barry at number two. Yeah. You and I might end up having the same exact list, Bob, because I have Barry at number two as well. I mean, you pretty much all, you, you just said it. I mean, two years in a row, he snagged in free agency, a player bet, uh, best player at their position the free agent market uh i mean last year you get you get conklin and and hooper was probably the yeah hooper was the best tight end last year in free agency right just off the top of my head i'm pretty sure i I was shocked when they signed conklin last year yeah me too was top right tackle on the market yeah i didn't think they were going to put out that kind of money for a right tackle i thought it was going to be draft (laughs) draft or like a a, you know another chris Hubbard type on at the right hey he did it so that works and here's the thing i like about barry he's cut from the same cloth as sashi but just a much 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 better talent evaluator Um, i mean he came up in that colts front office uh, you know i mean his former 
former DB in college, came up in that yep. Colts. Uh, and, and I mean, so everybody, I, I always loved it when he was in consideration. Everybody's like, oh, we don't need another one of these analytics guys. It's like, dude, <laughs> dude. this dude played college football and came up as he's the uh, perfect he's, mix. He's the football. guy. He's yes. the mix. He's the smart guy who played yes. ball, who came up as an evaluator. He did it as scouting. He yeah. came he, he came up through the ranks like 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 you should. And honestly, sooner, a lot sooner than most, considering wasn't he the youngest GM ever hired, I believe, in the yeah. NFL history? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. he's Honestly, in a couple years, two or three years, I'm hopeful to have him number one on my list. As of right now, though, just to be exactly. fair, he's only had one year off his belt and two free agencies or free agency and a half under his belt. So, it's, I didn't want to put him number one yet. That'd be unfair to the other guys and honestly be unfair to him. Okay, you were going to say something before we move on to your number one. No, no, no. I just, I didn't, I actually wasn't. I was oh. going to say my number one. Oh, number one. Who you got number it, one, kid? It's Andrew Barry. Andrew Barry, I like it. I like it. You like no, your Andrew Barry, don't you? Well, number one, the Browns too. finally have alignment. There, there are adults in the room. Their, their one focus is on winning. Finally. It took, what? 22 years for this to finally happen. Yeah. First year as a GM, you go out, you get Jack Conklin, which I mean, you know, full circle, you, after you trade out of two, you trade to what, seven or eight, and then you trade eight to 16 or eight to 15 with Tennessee. Tennessee takes Jack Conklin and full circle, you end up getting him in free agency. He's a all pro uh, right tackle. Uh, Like you said, Hooper. I mean, shit, they made him the highest paid tight end when, when they signed him last yeah. year. And now he's like the fourth highest tight, paid tight end. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you make the playoffs with a lot of uncertainty in the year itself with COVID. I mean, you have your own COVID scare for the last month of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you got to win one game against Pittsburgh and you're, you're, you're signing guys off your practice squad off the street. And yep. these guys are... I mean, just the, the offensive line against Pittsburgh in the uh, the playoff game, mm-hmm. you know, had just, you know, credit to, to him. And I think uh, I, I think love, he deserves to be number one. I love that you have Barry number one. Honestly, I wanted to put him number one. I just, like I said, I, I he won. He won. No, I know. He'll be my number one within a two within a couple of years. I guarantee nobody, nobody else has won here. Except what, Butch Davis. That's true. That is true. Yeah, Butchie, Butchie. Why I got a number one. Who do you got number one there, Jay? Oh, Andrew the Boss Man Barry, dude. You beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Do I have to say anything more? No. Beautiful. You guys are making a lot of fucking sense. Two weeks in a row. Like you you got Stefanski, you got an all pro tackle. This year, watch him pick up the safety become an all pro like how many GMs just sign all pros like every year. Yeah. He doesn't have the longevity, but you just see it when you see it, you know, and this dude's the man. I am all, I'm the number one fan club of the Andrew Berry fan club. I'm right there with you. That dude's the man. (laughs) Bob, who you got number one, bud? We're full doors, you know. We're yeah, full doors at number I, one, and, and me and, as well. And, you and I both yeah, have Dorsey. Yeah, we're, we're we're the we're in the exact same boat. Like Barry will be the number one GM in the next couple of years, as long as the tra- trajectory stays yeah. the same way. But you can't deny the fact that Dorsey, you know, Jar- just just as Kate said before, Jarvis, Chubb, Ward, Baker, 
I mean, t- he brought, he signed Terrence Mitchell. Teller, he brought, he, Beckham. He made them, yeah, acquired, you know, acquired all of those guys. Don't forget about, you know, he made the move and got uh, Demarius Randall, who did do a little couple of good things here for a little bit. You know, those, those smaller deals, you know, Kendall Lamb, he brought him in. And also, to piggyback off your first podcast, my absolute favorite thing is that dude wasn't on a job like 10 days before he came in and said, Kenny Brick, get the hell off my football team. First. And it was the first. First, the first move. First like, transaction, I believe he made, or first move, or whatever you want to call it, was yeah. cutting Kenny Britt. And yeah. I fucking love John Dorsey. Was like, get the fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> you ain't doing shit in, here no more. You're gone. In and week Dorsey 13. Brought in Sheldon Richardson. Yes. So, like, you just have so much that he did. Okay, what was week 13? Was that when he, uh, when he got cut rid of him? him? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, when he cut him. It was, like, week 13 or 14, like, middle of December. John's literally I mean, been on the job for, like, 24 hours. Hey, Kenny, get the fuck out of here. I love it. I just envisioned 300. He's like, this is Cleveland. It just boots him <laughs> off the team. Like, get the hell out of here. Oh, my God. It's too good. I'm right there with you, Bob. I have, I have Dorsey as number one as well. I think uh, Barry could surpass him, and he probably he might. Um, I think there's without question, and it's only it's only fair. It's, it's unfair to put for me to put Barry number one over Dorsey because I've only seen one draft from from Andrew Barry. I've seen one draft and one free agent and a half. Um, I think it's safe to say that Dorsey was our best talent evaluator GM we've had since '99. I don't even know how that's fucking debatable. Now, do I think we'd be in the same spot we are now if John would be the GM? I don't know, man. I, I, I that's hard to say. But all I do know is that John did acquire a shit ton of talent, including our franchise quarterback, which we all, I think we all agree here. That you know what's wild? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was the first GM that actually made picks prior to being a GM for the Browns since 99. Right. I was like, no, you're well, right. You, no, well, I think. We keep yeah. messing up drafts. Well, yeah, because you got a bunch of people who have never done the damn thing before. Good point. Finally got a guy that's done it. That's and look, point. you have success. Like, yeah. Hello. Yep. His faults honestly were just ego and, and, and certain decisions. And that the, the biggest decision ended up ultimately got him fired. And that was hiring Freddie kitchens, which we all touched on. Well, that's the top three Browns GM since 1999. Now we're ready for some pain. <laughs> we're going to rank the bottom three real quick. We can get through this real quick. Okay. Who you got? Who's your starting at number three, your bottom three. <laughs> Browns GM since 1999. So this one was tough because it's between like two people for number for number three. Obviously, I think we all have the same lock for number one. Uh, but I got I guess for number three, uh, Ray Farmer. Mm. You take Johnny Manziel. You take uh, Justin Gilbert. I mean, and then in fifteen, yeah, you. You take Danny Shelton and Ooh. Cam Irving. Take every Pac-12 player in that draft. <laughs> like it's just oh my god, and and then you just don't draft any wide receivers. You have, you have. You don't even uh, Andrew Hawkins. Wide yeah, you have Andrew Hawkins and um, who is the other guy? Uh, Taylor Gage exactly. as like your main receivers. Uh, What's wrong with that? <laughs> They're a combined six feet. Yeah, if they if they're standing on top of each other, they're like six feet. Exactly, tall. like they're six feet taller. Oh, there we go. And the yeah, again, the only cool. receiver that he drafted or acquired was Vince Melee in the sixth round from Washington State. Yeah. Yep. Stop. He's he's awful. 
Yeah, he was pretty bad. He he was pretty bad. Jay, who you got at number he three? Passed on Mac. He did. Also passed on Mac. He did. At number three, worst he GM. It all a cup of tea, but he provided one of the greatest known but unknown stories ever. George Coquinas. <laughs> if you know the story, you know the story. Yeah, the the Coquinas story. Yes, I love I how nobody will actually the tell the story. Nobody will actually tell the story <laughs> on open airways. They will not do it. It's so funny. It is funny. Yeah, I mean, how long was he on the job? I wouldn't want someone to do that. On I, I, I meant to look at this but exactly. It's so but funny. Wasn't he only technically on the job for like nine months or ten? Yeah, was he it- was fired in November because it was the Browns <laughs> bye week. He was all salty because uh, who was it? The coach, Eric Mangini. Yeah, yeah, Mangini's like, yeah, you're just a puppet. Don't I'm gonna do the work and. <laughs> He was Mangini's the one that brought him in. What? What a shit show that was. Yeah, to be fair, when you have Massaqua, Vicune, Malava, Don Carey, and Coy Francis, and James Davis (laughs) between the uh, your and like you had three second round picks, and you drafted. Oh yeah. Massaqua and Vicune with two of them. Like oh gosh. And uh, Robisky with the other right. Yeah, I was trying not to hate on him because the Ohio State guy. Yeah, but yeah, but he was not a good pro. He he was, look, man, man I, I saw him score at the shoe in person. Loved him as a Buckeye. He did not translate into a very good NFL player for whatever reason. I don't know. Well, that's a good one, Jay. Bob, who you got at number three? Brent, worst Browns GM since 1999, number three. My three and my number three is Butch Davis, and it, it just kind of all boils <laughs> down. <pretty> <laughs> It, 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 it's just, it, it all just boils down to the fact that he signed Jeff Garcia. Oh yeah. Despite having the sixth overall pick <laughs> in a draft loaded with three hall of fame, three future hall of fame quarterbacks. Like you didn't even have to do anything. You could have just sat there, taken Ben Roethlisberger who absolutely tore it up in the state of Ohio oh, yeah. at a college. A and, is from draft, the right? and instead you took Kellen Winslow because he's another guy from the U like, and if I, I remember oh, right, they oh gave gosh. up a second round pick, Bob, to move up one spot to get Winslow. If I remember correctly, I think they gave up a fucking two, a second round. Oh, pick. I'm almost, I remember that like it was just, I'm pretty sure they moved up one spot to get Kellen and they gave up a second round pick. Cleveland, Detroit the traded its first round. Yep. Detroit traded uh, the sixth overall to Cleveland for seven and 37. So, yep. yes. They gave him the 37th overall pick to move up one spot when every fucking anybody with a brain knows to move up one spot like that. It's third, third at most, probably a fourth, fourth and a fifth. Was, I would have had him like he was so close to being three. I just wanted to make fun Ooh, of him. Yeah, Butch. I'm not, the next year passing on the game Tomlinson for big money Gerard Warren, who just was just a blob on that team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, that burned. That burned me so bad. This I'm watching this dude just juke, spin, catch everything out of the backfield, and we took a Florida guy. <laughs> like that guy was trying to do too much. Yeah, Come on, bro. yeah. It's a it's a shame. Well, that that's a good. Butch didn't make really? my bottom three, but damn, he was close. I Butch was not honestly one of the better coaches we've had since '99. But if he had a good GM, who knows? That might have worked. It's just he shouldn't have been doing both. At number three, I have uh, <laughs> Mr. Ray Farmer himself. Um, Ray the Farmer. Yeah, Ray's a good guy. I think Ray's a really good 
person he seems to be. Um, I think he was also a puppet. I also don't think he was 100% behind drafting Johnny Manziel. But he did. (laughs) And it was on his watch. And just bust after bust after bust. And like you guys said, like the guy just didn't think wide receivers were important. And I just could never understand that. Um, was never a big Ray Farmer fan. Um, he was a, everything I've read, he's, he was, he was a good scout. Um, some people just aren't cut to be GMs and I don't know. I think also in hit in Ray Farmer's defense, he was thrown into a shitty situation and rushed into that situation. Um, that's when we were at the pinnacle of our, dis, our dysfunction. Um, cause he took over when Banner and, and Lombardi got shown the door, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Ray Farmer, number three. Kay, who you got at number two? Your so, bottom. uh, we, uh, a little bit of breaking news, Larry Ogunjobi to, uh, <laughs> Cincinnati for one year. Oh. Larry Ogunjobi. Oh. Cincinnati. Okay, oh. okay. I think you and I were reading it at the exact same time because both of us like had this look down. Look down. Which one of us is going to be telling everybody that he's gone? <laughs> well, you got to break the Higgins news. I'll. I'll there I'll you go. The well, Love best it. of luck Love to it. Mr. Ogunjobi. Uh, built like a Greek god. Yeah. <laughs> Plays like Jane. Anyway, plays like Jane. <laughs> yes. I uh, I was waiting for someone else to say it. I didn't want to say it. Thank you, Bob. All right. So uh, <laughs> kind of piggybacking off of, you, you know, my number three, uh, number two, Michael Lombardi. Like, what the hell did he do here for that one year? <laughs> like, I just don't know. Kay I don't think I, anybody knows. Bob and I had Why the same top list. Kay and I are going to have the same bottom list. <laughs> like, it is just like, I, like, what did he do besides just be dysfunctional? And now he now he goes on. He was really good all at these, that, though. He was yeah, really good at that. I mean, remember when he before he got signed, he used to be on. I, I mean, he used to be on. Uh, NFL as a guest Network. On, well, that, that, but he used to be on like once a week on Baskin and Phelps before yeah. he got the job in uh, in Cleveland in Berea. But to be a part of just the infancy of the Haslam ownership and have Joe Banner run. Oh my God! Like I, I have heartburn <laughs> just thinking of it. <laughs> Didn't he get rid of Bernie too? Help do that? Oh yeah, he helped facilitate. He 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 tormented the Browns in two eras, in two different decades. <laughs> All right, I might have to change my list now. Geez. Yeah, <laughs> fuck Lombardi. And I All mean, right. he I mean, he was part of the the same front office that had brought in Alex Shiner and just completely just ran the Browns into the ground. Yeah, yep. Alex Shiner. Oh man. Fun, fun fact: I worked for the team in thirteen. Oh. So I was I was in there right as everybody was all of those guys were in and that was when Haslam like was firstly integrating in and I'm not gonna go too deep on it but man it, it, I felt like I was in a I was in sales but it, I felt like I was legit in like the whole boiler room life you know they're sure through all these like assessments and everybody right. has to everybody has to have the phrase Jimmy Haslam is laser focused on building a winner <laughs> and it was literally like right after all the uh, the I believe it was like right around the pilot flying J stuff and I was like. Guys, you want me to tell uh, people calling in that Jimmy Haslam is laser focused on building a winner? Why the FBI is like looking into him, or what do you want me to do? Like, <laughs> or 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 telling former season ticket or, or telling season ticket holders and PSL owners because that was the first year they got rid of the PSL. Sure, trying to explain to them why they should keep paying for their PSLs when they can still own their tickets as long as they're alive, as long as they pay for them. It was 
Yeah, the, the culture in the building at that time was not the most intriguing one. Bad. One could argue, I'm not that I'm guessing, obviously, because I was never in the building for any of them. But everything that I've read, it sounded pretty bad. Pretty bad. Jay, apparently, there apparently there's a Lombardi story too. Oh, wouldn't shock. He uh when it comes to me, I'll have more on that. I'll have more on I don't even care. This is this is my podcast. Fuck that guy. Fuck you, Mike Lombardi. Cocky. Get off Twitter, you idiot. All right. Jay, number two. Well, we'll make it quick. Ray Farmer is my number two. I mean, we have already hit on this. How much more can we bury this? <laughs> I, apparently one more time, but yeah. Yeah, there's just... nothing wrong with that. No, I, I had a farmer at three. Kay had a farmer He's at three. He's down and he ruined Hoyer's season. Like, we were doing good. Oh, let's get Johnny in here. He's only oh, showing yeah. up strong to practice, so he sounds like a good idea to start. Yeah, Texgate. Yeah, that's right. We didn't bring up Texgate. What, what, man, does what a dysfunctional like regime after regime was just dysfunction you could have a eight hour show on just the crazy stuff the browns have done in the past jay someday we'll do it we'll do it i don't know if I we'll podcast for eight hours straight i don't give a shit i've streamed for 24 hours on twitch three times i can do it I feel, I feel like Andy Frey at the end, just coming out the <laughs> other end clean. It's, it's kind of like that. Going through miles of crap. All right, Bob, number two, who you got? Oh, it's, it's, it's Lombardi. <laughs> I'll keep it short and sweet. It's it's Lombardi. I, I mean, it's not even relatively close for me. The dude signed Jason Campbell, Quentin Groves, Paul Kruger, and Desmond Bryant in literally oh, yeah. this same one year span brought in just shelling out money like it's fun coupons in Wolf of Wall Street. I just threw all up of those my mouth. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like that was what he did. Yeah. No, I I, I have Lombardi at number two because number one, I don't like the human being. I think I think he's a conniving, manipulative, uh, backstabbing piece of shit. If you want me to be quite blunt, um, I didn't like him on his first tenure with the Browns. And I definitely did not like him in his second tenure. And I, and I loved it because as a PR stance, I know this is why the Browns did this as a, they, like, they refused to say to, to, to call him the general manager. And like, that was just all PR shit because they knew Browns fans don't, it's like, we know he's the fucking GM, just fucking say it. And ever <laughs> since then, it drives me fucking, it used to drive me nuts. Of course he's the fucking general manager. Just say That's it. That's like the people I've dated for two years. We're like, oh, we're not boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, we don't like it's it's the like, same dude, we all know your boyfriend and girlfriend. You ain't got to play us. Yeah, like, like no. Yeah, like I always took, honestly, I always took that, like, I took offense. I was like, you're lying to me right now. Stop it. And ever since he's left us, he's just gone to Twitter and talk shit on every Browns GM, some of them rightfully so, but like he's done some of that and, and talked all this shit. And it's like, dude, shut up. You took Cameron Wembley. Get the fuck out of here. I don't care. Go away. Go. I, I think I even tweeted one time, like just crawl back into your hole of GM exile. Cause that's where you will lay for the rest of your life. You're never going to get another gig. You suck, bro. Anyway, <laughs> Lombardi gets me fired up more than anyone. All right, your number one worst GM since 99K. Go. George Kokinas. <laughs> yeah, me too. We had the same <laughs> list. The same I, mean, list. I mean, to get escorted out of Bria. <laughs> allegedly. By, no, I don't think it's allegedly. <laughs> by, by, by some of Bria's finest, and I live in Bria, I know. Allegedly. Um, allegedly. Hey, you I know, to, to uh, I mean, 
I mean, to get fired during the bye week <laughs> because you're allegedly sloshed at work because you went to one of Bria's finer establishments, allegedly. How are you going to get fired on your day off? Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Right? It's, it is just um, oof. Oof, That's oof, right. oof. Keep going. Just, I, I mean, is there anything more to say than, than how awful he is? You know what I mean? I mean, to not even make it a year, to make it nine months, to be a puppet for Eric Mangini of all people, and then like like Bob said before about the um, the uh, what call it, his draft class. I mean, it is just horrible. I mean, to make the Browns the Jets the Jets two point it is just it's just not good. It's definitely not, definitely not good. Jay, you're number one. I'm gonna throw you guys way off. He's not a bad guy. Dwight Clark, man. It's not his fault, though. It's not his fault. It's not. But the dude had like 50 picks in the first year and he (laughs) got them all wrong except for Tim Couch. Poor Dwight Clark. He just couldn't get my quarterback aligned for the life of God. A receiver halfway better than Kevin Johnson. And like you said, it wasn't his fault. He was totally set. Funny, though. I I have my, 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 my number one. Is also a same, you and Bob and I had the had the f- same best top list, and Kay, you and I had the identical bottom three list. Yeah, I got George Gokinas number one. I mean, the dude was fucking GM for nine months, <laughs> nine freaking months. It's like, and all the stories that the Kokinas story, if what I, we've all heard, I'm sure is true. Holy shit. Literally. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, well, that was fun. That was our top three, bottom three since 1999. We're going to close it out right now, guys, uh, here in a second. I just want to do the uh, – we're going we're gonna to move on before I get you guys out of here. Just for fun. I like to do this at the end of every episode. We're going to do – Five random ass questions. Five random ass questions. I'm a random ass dude, so let's do this. So we have, I have one question for each of you individually, and then I have two that I'll have all of you answer. Then we'll just kind of go from there. Um, We'll start with you, Jay. Um, Five random ass questions. Are you ready? You're, you're a, you're an RBSer at heart. Um, I listen to the really big show every day myself. Um, was Pumpkinhead the right choice for the first RBS president? No. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to get into crazy details. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't. Like, yeah, I don't think so either. To me, I wanted a guy that was one of us more so, and not so much about himself. Sure. And I voted for, like, I'm friends with Matt and Talmadge. I voted for him to win it. He just, like, he didn't do anything. Like, he did nothing with it the whole time. Yep. And he remembers, like, oh, they didn't help me. Like, dude, I did more with that station to help people out and stuff. And no one gave me permission. I just did it. Sure. And I'm just going to relax on that one. I can really go off. On that, was him, a good, that was a good question, like, right? I thought that he's was a really good dad. I will yeah. say that that dude is an awesome dad. Yeah. That's what I hear. That's what he's just, 
full of himself and he loves attention. It well, you know, you'll you'll definitely have that. Oh, all right, Kay, you are up. Caitlin Noakley. She yes, is coming Sorry. back. You are up. I am my question for you is what's your favorite Cleveland Twitter memory? Oh my goodness. There's yeah. so many, dude. So many. So many. Thanks for giving me five questions. Five <laughs> random ass questions. So there's the I mean, you've had a lot of iconic Twitter moments. Your Jonathan Lucroy is just like top tier. Oh yeah. Of all time. I think a lot of people know about that. For those that don't know, when the Indians won the pennant in 2016, I uh and that was the same off season where the Indians were made a trade for Jonathan Lucroy and he because of his no trade clause nixed the deal. And so I made a tweet congratulating the Indians <laughs> on winning the pennant as Jonathan Lucroy and half of Twitter bought it and it kind of took fire. That was a funny time. <laughs> yeah, that entire Indians run was just iconic. I mean, me, you, Pat, just like feuding with the elite. Yes. Of, of Indians Twitter. <laughs> it, I mean, it was just peak. It was a lot of the fun. elite. Yeah. Yes. I mean, when you self, when you're psychotic, it's I'll never be. Pick. I don't think I'll ever be able to top that. No. What was, you guys don't know about. My buddy, when he got out of jail, made a fake OJ account. <laughs> and he just blew up. Like, he had, like, 30,000 followers. He had, like, celebrities ask him to go golf with them and stuff. And he's just, like, he shows me his DMs. He's like, dude, I got to delete this because I'm going to get in trouble. That is too crazy. funny. Like, oh, yeah. They eventually caught on and made him get rid of it. That is like, too it funny. Was funny. He was the fake OJ for quite a while. That is funny. All right, Bob. Uh, his subtle... <laughs> Oh, he's like, oh, man, this team is killing it today. Like, these tweets are hilarious. <laughs> All right, Bob, five random ass questions. Bob, your name's Bob Evans. Are you an actual fan of the restaurant, Bob Evans? Yes. Yes. So yeah. what, what what would be your go-to order at Bob Evans? Can I go with the uh, biscuits and gravy? Huh? No, no, no. I actually, so it, <laughs> out, of, out of enough, my family used to like love to go to Bob Evans and I'm like, I hate, right. I hate, you, guys yeah, I hate you for this. Um, <laughs> but no, but it actually turned into a thing now. So yeah. I love their Thanksgiving dinner. So oh. I literally, the last three years, instead of traveling out of town for like family Thanksgivings to turn around and come back, I stay at home. I order the farmhouse feast. I go pick it up and I watch football by myself or family will like stop by, have some food with me if they're in the area and then go upon their day. So, I, but I always used to get the Turkey dinner plate that they had when I would go with my parents growing up. So it turned into a full thing of me just ordering Bob Evans for Thanksgiving. Perfect. All right. You know, I love Thanksgiving. So I'm just going to order that on random. Sign them up. I didn't even know it was a thing. The harvest oh. feast. Is that what they called it? I, they, I, they have Turkey's one called underrated. The farmhouse feast. Farmhouse yes. feast. Sorry. That's a good time. So I have two more questions left and five random as questions. I have two left and I want to need answers from all of you. Favorite personal favorite Browns memory, Bob go. I don't, man, that's tough. So I'm, I'm going to go sentimental was my yes. first ever Browns game. I went, uh, my mom took me, it was in the junior dog pound versus the jets back in 93. Sure. Um, 
And I just remember somebody actually asked my mom to have me shut up because I was talking shit to Jets fans when at the age of eight. Um, I, was, I just didn't understand why there were Jets fans in an area called the Dog Pound. So I never really got it. Uh, so that's like the that one. And then my my favorite moment had to be when Baker beat the Jets um, mm-hmm. because leaving the stadium for that two and a half mile walk back to my car. People just didn't stop chanting Baker Mayfield. Love it. And then, and then my buddies and I were going to Vegas the next day. And my one buddy literally in every single casino was just chanting Baker Mayfield. Funny. And we were actually at a, we were at a, uh, what was it? Craps? No, roulette. Some dude screams from the other pit. You guys won one game. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> let, let us enjoy it. That, that is, they, they just don't know, Bob. Okay. Favorite Cleveland Browns memory. Well, to, to go off of kind of what Bob said, the uh, you know, my first game, I've only been to one game, but it was the uh, Monday night game against the Ravens where uh, Travis Coons had his uh, game-winning field goal attempt blocked oh, no. and it was record, uh, returned for a touchdown. Oh, Lord. Also known as the Joe Lull game on Twitter, if yeah. you were part of that. Yeah, and um, that, was, that was a game with the one, there's a video of the one dude ripping his brown Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was his... a Mingo jersey yeah. or so. I don't know who it was. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't think it was Mingo, but it was someone. That and obviously the the playoff game just a few months ago, man. I mean, I was watching it in the garage with my old man. And I mean, it was just uh, to to watch the Browns religiously and to finally see a winner. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm only 24 years old, but I mean, I only know losing. You know what I mean? And yeah, absolutely. To finally beat Pittsburgh, to finally beat Big brother. I mean, it was just, uh, I'm kind of getting emotional just kind of thinking about it. <laughs> I feel Kate, it. wait, you've only been to one game ever? I've only been to one game, yeah. Yeah, she lives you in Berea, too. Yeah. You are literally, because I'm also in Berea, you are literally, I, I, I have two season tickets in the dog pound. If I ever need somebody to get give tickets to for a game you are going to be my first message you are going and you're sitting in that dog pound and you're going to spend Ooh. more than awesome, spend more than one game like Boom. i usually i usually try to find I'm a lot of hunters but i, I got two myself so Boom. Yeah, we're gonna get you to more than one game that's i like oh, it my gosh, awesome happen. dude i like it i got the all 22 view as i call it and i had to get the cheap seats beautiful all right jay what's your favorite personal cleveland browns memory dude i have to give you two like they did that Jets game was – I was there. That was my first year of my season tickets. And I all I can remember is – if you remember the Geico commercial where, like, the office rumor starts and all the little yeah. meerkats pop up and they're like – Sure. Bah, 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 bah. It was like that. Everyone's like, Baker Mayfield's warming up. Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield. And you just heard it rumbling. And I looked, and he came in, and just the way the atmosphere changed, just 180. Like, the Browns literally changed right there. That's when there's – uh, moment was that's that's it yeah and ever since then, the turning just, point you know, we're gonna forget the cat freddie kitchen year that was a little bit of a downfall but we learned from that and now we're so much better from that absolutely it all started that jets game and caitlin nailed, nailed it dude that beating pittsburgh just that first play when you see it snap over his oh, head you're like oh it's on it's on yep. dude let's get that's on the intro of this podcast <laughs> been crying on the sidelines afterwards like you're done absolutely it's over hope you come back next year so i can beat you again like oh that was the oh i'm with you i hate the steelers too because my favorite one of my favorite memories even though i didn't ask the question but i'll just throw it in there one of my favorites was just i was thinking of a game that i attended when i was a kid i was at the game where eric metcalf had two punt returns against the steelers yeah that was 
very i've never heard a brown stadium that loud in my life that second one that he returned um i can remember right where i was i was like five i can remember exactly where i was standing when he did that i was like i was like 11 12 i think something like that 11 11 something like that all right number five bob we'll start with you rank these browns quarterbacks johnny manzel deshaun kaiser and colt mccoy like from best to worst (laughs) johnny Uh, kaiser mccoy mccoy kaiser manzel i i just like (laughs) i it's not like my disdain for johnny manzel is not like hidden i was live on the air on yeah. the draft show when it, when the pick, when I got a text that they were trading up to take him. Literally got off the air, set my headphones down, went up to the bar, ordered two shots. I have the other co-hosts on there with me like, what are you doing? I'm like, you're all getting your guy right now. Have fun. I'm going to get a drink. Yes. Um, but, yeah, no. So, it's got, I mean, McCoy, McCoy, Kaiser, Manziel. Yeah, I guess that's where we're going. Manziel's the McCoy, McCoy, Kaiser, Manziel. Okay. Uh, Kaiser, McCoy, Johnny Manziel. Yeah, Kaiser is definitely the best looking of the three. I'd That's say very that. true. Oh, he's a handsome fellow. He really is. We, I was, me and Pat <laughs> were part of the get wiser draft. Kaiser. Yeah, you were. You were. You liked him. I did. Yeah, we all liked him. Jay, <laughs> Kaiser, McCoy, Johnny, rank these three. Yeah. These, these three beasts. Yeah, what a hell of a group that was. We're going <laughs> Colt number one. That dude got up and played after. Played hard. Dude, on the field like and- i watched him die they resurrected him and he played quarterback <laughs> the rest of the game more heart than i've ever seen ever a quarterback james because, harrison you know, literally like killed him bro. Just, yeah he was dead there's no doubt I, he, he was done and i don't know how he dude, i can't believe he finished the season he finished the game so i gotta give it him number one even though he, he was trash yeah. and wasn't very good he just wasn't physically gifted Kaiser was Kaiser. I can't hate him. I think he was thrown in way too young and just another Notre Dame quarterback, whatever. Yeah. And Johnny Manzon, I'm not for violence, but I will fight you if I do. Yeah. I hate you. So I much for positive change. Oh, no. Not that, but not with him. You can't come to my game drunk. Are you not, kidding me? Just, I love my team. What do you I mean? It bothers you that he went to Vegas in a fake mustache and, and Nate he called himself Billy? I take that rag and shove he, it in his mouth and beat him down with it. Like, God, I can't stand Johnny Manziel. He could be number one just based on the fact that Mary Kay Cabot had to do reporting that Future's song March Madness did not come out in March. It came out in, I think it was like <laughs> November or October of that year because of the uh, Snapchat video of Johnny Manziel and that song was playing in the background. He's like, oh, oh no, it's from March. It's like, no, it was from the bye week when they told him like, hey, why don't you just like chill at home and learn how to play quarterback? Yeah, I I, I would probably have, I, I would, I would have to put McCoy number Jordan too. I'd have to put Colton number one on this list just for the fact he's still in the fucking league. <laughs> he's still yeah. in the, all these years later. He's still in the he's league. He's a survivor, dude. You can't kill him, man. He's like a roach. <laughs> I would probably go Colt, Kaiser, Johnny, because, yeah, fuck Johnny. Well, we have gone way over, as usual. That's going to be a norm here, I think, guys, um, which I don't mind because I don't mind. I don't mind giving extra con. I don't mind. Well, I, if the discussions go where they go, if you guys haven't figured this out yet, well, all the listeners, this podcast is definitely 
I want to have a more funny laid back tone to it, but I also want it just to feel like some Brown people who love the Browns sitting around talking about the Browns. That's what this is supposed to be. This is what it's supposed to feel like. Jay, Bob K. Thank you guys so much for joining me for episode two. This was a shit ton of fun. Uh, where can Thanks we... for having me on, man. It was an honor. Absolutely. No, I appreciate you guys coming on with me. Jay, we'll go around each with you. We'll start with you, Jay. Where, where can uh, all the fine Browns fans find you guys? Go ahead, Jay. I'm on just, I'm only on Twitter and always positive, just the letter J. Yes. And occasionally negative J when it comes to Johnny Menzel. Perfect. It's, it's violent J when it comes to Johnny Menzel. <laughs> okay. Plug your podcast, plug your uh, Twitter, all that good stuff. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Caitlin O'Cle. That's Caitlin K A T E L A N. Knows K N O W S and then C L E. And then I have three different podcasts: Crunch Time with Caitlin, Time of Possession, and Lead Off Talk, a baseball podcast. So it's there, there's a lot, but it's fun. I like it. Good stuff. Yeah, definitely check out her podcast, guys. She's Kay's awesome. She's killing it. She is. You're doing awesome. She is, Bob. Do I have to tell them to follow me on Twitter? I just got rid of all of those followers when That's I uh, true. took my hiatus. No, you, <laughs> you, can, you can follow me at the real Bob Evans on Twitter. Yes. It's cool. Just just know that just know that I'm no longer writing for five different websites or yes. running any websites. So when You're I'm out busy here talking about country concerts or I'm talking about white claws and doing shots of green teas, like yes. I'm not, I'm not here just to entertain and answer sports questions yes. anymore. And you like that <laughs> peanut, butter, me. The peanut butter whiskey too. What is that? that you drink? Listen, I started a movement in Cleveland. <laughs> I, really I, did. I had people like, on vacation sending me pictures <laughs> of bottles of random peanut butter whiskey hey have you tried this one it was so yeah. it was actually told me fun. about it today it's so funny yeah no i've Never had it too about it till today now you're talking it's, about it it's delicious oh, it's delicious yeah, there's screwball there's I a bunch take, of different brands. yeah I've, I've only had the screwball myself but uh but, there was one it was called oh, I, i'll have to tell you about it offline because i don't want to stay here for five minutes and try and no worries it, so. but, but there was another one that i had oh it's called squirrel S-Q-R- okay SQRL or something like that. I had that at Game On in Lakewood. And it was <laughs> Love it. Well, Jay, K, Bob, thank you guys again for joining me. And listeners out there, thank you for tuning in. This is episode two. Uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to be joined by Jake Burns of Ooh. OBR Breakdown, Film Breakdown, the OBR Film Breakdown podcast. If you got Most of you Browns fans know who Jake Burns is. Really good dude. It's going to come on, talk all things Baker Mayfield, Browns, free agency, all that. We're just going to be a mixed bag of stuff. So I'll see you guys then. Appreciate you for listening, and we will see you on the next episode. Go Browns! Hoo, hoo.